Hi there, I'm Nathan Montgomery, and this is A Good Word for Today. Thank you for joining us here on the podcast. A Good Word for Today is the audio ministry of Lutheran Church of the Resurrection in Cocoa Beach. Uh, Here on A Good Word for Today, we share sermon audio, Q&As, and other helpful information and audio that will help you in your faith journey. Let's join Pastor Marge for today's message. Today's gospel is taken from the eighth chapter of Mark. Jesus went on with his disciples to the villages of Caesarea Philippi, and on the way he asked his disciples, Who do people say that I am? And they answered him, John the Baptist, and others Elijah, and still others, one of the prophets. He asked them, but but who do you say that I am? Peter answered him, you are the Messiah. And he sternly ordered them not to tell anyone about him. Then he began to teach them that the Son of Man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. He said all this quite openly, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and looking at his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan! For you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. He called the crowd with his disciples, and he said to them, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake, and for the sake of the gospel, will save it. For what will it profit them to gain the whole world and forfeit their life? Indeed, what can they give in return for their life? Those who are ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of them the Son of Man will also be ashamed, and when he comes in the glory of his Father with his holy angels. The Gospel of the Lord. You know this phrase, sticks and stones may break my bones. Say it with me, but words will never hurt me. Sticks and stones may break my bones. Now that much is true. Sticks and stones may indeed break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Words, names will never hurt me. Now that's a lie. It's a lie because words have the force to hurt and kill as well as to bring healing, wholeness, and new life. This phrase has history in our English language going back to at least the mid-1800s, if not all the way back to the Garden of Eden, literally. I mean, just think of the last time someone said something to you either out of plain ignorance or utter meanness. 
that stuck to you like splinters of exploding wood or shards of shattered glass. Think about it now. Not so long ago, in a land not so far away, a friend of mine received a note in her mailbox where she works. The envelope was sealed. My friend's name was written on the front of the envelope in someone's handwriting. Inside the envelope was a piece of paper and it had a typed message on it and it was calling her out. It was criticizing her for what she was wearing as she was facilitating a gathering of people. The message basically said this, maybe the next time you're up in front of a group of people, you could dress more conservatively. This brief 35 word typed message was left unsigned, anonymous, put in an envelope, sealed, and delivered to her mailbox. It was by either chance or sheer providence in the grace of God that I was there when my friend opened the envelope. I watched her face as she read it. As I watched her countenance fall, her, I felt her heart break and witnessed this otherwise sweet spirit crushed in that moment. And this well-worn phrase, Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me, came back to me like a punch in the gut. And I was reminded once again of the sheer magnitude and force, the, the gravity and the immense power of words. And that's what we find today in the book of James, the power of words. The book of James, it is probably one of the most practical books in the Bible. It could easily be called a, a guide for daily living, filled with practical, engaging, common sense, how to do tidbits for growing and maturing in our relationships with one another and in the community as we grow together in faith. It has everything from the issue of pain and facing temptation, anger, reflection, favoritism, and action. But this Sunday, we're going to consider the power of words to guide and direct, hurt and kill. The power of words to tear down or build up and create life and aliveness words. Whenever they are written or spoken, we can never take them back. Once they are said, they cannot be unsaid. Once we hear, we cannot unhear. Words can be forgiven, but they cannot be erased. We live in an age where we can hide behind usernames and fling insults at each other. And often for the, the world to see in 140 characters or less. And we can do this with no real concern for the consequences of the things that we say or the things that we post on social media. We can belittle the achievements of others while expecting little 
or no repercussions. But those words are real and they don't go away. And just because we can do this doesn't mean that we should do this. And that's what James is getting at in our passage today. So what I'd like to do is to reread a portion of that passage from a different translation and give you a bit of a backstory. And then I want to walk through with us a very practical way of understanding what it means to think before we speak, making sure that the words we say don't take life, but create life. Here's the passage from James. We get it wrong nearly every time we open our mouths. If you could find someone whose speech was perfectly true, you'd have a perfect person in perfect control of life. A bit in the mouth of a horse controls the whole horse. A small rudder on a huge ship in the hands of a skilled captain sets a course in the face of the strongest winds. A word out of your mouth may seem of no account, but it can accomplish nearly anything or destroy it. It only takes a spark, remember, to set off a forest fire. A careless or wrongly placed word out of your mouth can do that. By our speech, we can ruin the world, turn, turn harmony into chaos, throw mud on a reputation, send the whole world up in smoke and go up in smoke with it. This is scary. You can tame a tiger, but you can't tame a tongue. Done. The tongue runs wild, a wanton killer. With our tongues, we bless our God, our Father. With the same tongues, we curse the very men and women who are made in his image. Curses and blessings out of the same mouth. I love what James does here. He uses a bunch of word images that makes this easy to understand. The horses, the bridle, the, the bits, the ships, the wind, the rudders, the forest, the trees, and fire. Consider a bit in a horse's mouth. You've got this huge stallion, maybe two, 3,000 pounds, and a 95-pound jockey on his back. A jockey can control this tremendous, powerful horse by this little piece of metal that is stuck strategically over his tongue. James' point is just because the tongue is small, it isn't insignificant. Your tongue, your words can control the direction of your life wherever you want it to go. And a little bit of a word or a phrase can influence the direction of your life. A couple of verses later, James illustrates the ability of a small item to destroy a much larger object. An entire forest is destroyed by a tiny spark. James' point is that the tongue our words have great impact, influence, and control over our lives. 
And James, he provides a way for us to think before we speak, encouraging us to T-H-I-N-K. It's an acronym. It's a very practical way of measuring the power of words by asking this, is what I'm about to say true? Is what I am about to say helpful? Is it important? Is it necessary? Is it kind? So let's see what this means. First, is it true? Is what I'm about to say out loud to a person true? Is what I'm about to say to a group or, or to about those people true? Is it true? Am I making this up or is there cooperation from other sources? Is it true? If so, then I can say it. It doesn't mean I should or have to, but I can because it's true. In Philippians 4.8, Paul reminds the reader, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence and if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Second, is it helpful? What gives God glory? What builds up one another? What makes the world a better place? Basically, ask yourself, is this going to build someone up and encourage them? Is what I'm about to say going to make the world a better place or not? If it doesn't build up, then close up. I don't know about you, but my mom and a lot of other moms would not allow the phrase shut up in our home <laughs> or anywhere. So you get what this means. If it doesn't build up, then just close up. Ephesians 4.29 says, Let no evil talk come out of your mouth, but only what is useful for building up as there is need, so that your words may give grace to those who hear. Third, is it important? And this is a good one. Does what I'm about to say bring value and clarity to the lives of others around me? Does it bring glory to God? Proverbs 18:20. from the fruit of the mouth one's stomach is satisfied the yield of the lips brings satisfaction. And then fourth, is it necessary? Or is it just verbal fluff? Does what I'm about to say, does it further love? Does it bring joy? Does it create peace? Does it develop patience? In Ephesians 4.15, Paul writes, but speaking the truth in love, we must grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ. In the book of Proverbs 18.21, King Solomon, one of the wisest leaders who ever walked, wrote this. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Fifth, 
need more kind speech. Proverbs 15, one to two. A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. The tongue of the wise commends knowledge, but the mouths of fools pour out folly. So what do we do with this? How do we make this stick for the days ahead? Few suggestions, and this is especially great for families at mealtime or at the end of the day at bedtime, nightly prayers. Talk together about the day and ask each other, what words did you hear or say today that passed the think test or did not? Reflection that you might want to have at night. What did you say this day that brought life and aliveness to others? That really passed the think test. What did you say today that did not pass the think test? That didn't do good to others or ultimately yourself either? Create a, a running tally during the day. Consider beginning each morning with this prayer from Psalm 1914. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Now see, we don't try harder to do better or determine not to do these things in order to please or appease God. We are already the recipient of God's love and grace. So we do these things because ancient wisdom teaches us that the world is a better place when we do these things. The power of Christ in us and through us is what makes us new and the world a better place. Amen. Well, amen. Well, thank you, Pastor Marge, and thank you for listening in to A Good Word for Today. You can find more information about Lutheran Church of the Resurrection at goresurrection.com. And if you have a question or something you'd like for us to discuss or answer, you can email me, Nathan, at goresurrection.com. We look forward to hearing from you, and we will see you next time here on A Good Word for Today.